friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples and thank you so much for coming and joining us today uh, on this next episode and, and today we are going to be talking about Lent. Uh, we have now landed, this is coming out right at the start of Lent 2020 and I do recognise that for some church traditions and for some Christians Lent is just a, that's what you do. Uh, others it's just not a part of uh, the framework of the church. We, we want to move towards resurrection, that's what we celebrate. So we don't do Lent. So in this episode, what I want to do is I want to explore what is Lent, you know, how do you journey through it and just give some tips really on how you might want to use Lent as a way of getting closer to Jesus and your faith developing and growing. So friends, I hope you find this episode helpful. If you do, don't forget, you can subscribe to the podcast, you can share the podcast, you can leave comments for the podcast, and it's always good to hear from you about what you're thinking. Uh, so if you would comment, that would be great because it means I've got something to kind of comment back with as well. But friends, I hope you enjoy this episode on Lent 2020. So let's go, Lent, what is it? How do we do it? And what are some tips to kind of really make it work well for us? Well, Lent is essentially the 40 days that run up to Easter. And traditionally, Christians take it as a time to reflect and engage with God in, in an appropriate way so they can arrive at Good Friday, the Friday before uh, Easter Day can reflect on the purpose of this incredible event, God in flesh dying for us. And it allows us 40 days to move slowly up to Easter weekend. And this 40 days uh, before Easter, essentially it mimics Jesus's 40 days in the wilderness, uh, when Jesus travelled through this wilderness period and then is tempted at the end. And we'll look at that in a, in a minute. But it also reflects, you know, Israel's journey through the wilderness uh, in the Exodus story. And each of these times where Jesus, the people of God, the prophets, they journey through a 40 day wilderness period. Each time it's about testing and it's about the development and the growth of faith and the trusting more of God. And ultimately looking at ourselves and saying, how am I doing? Am I sinful? Am I falling short? What have I not noticed about myself that needs noticing? How is my relationship going with God? Have I confessed what I need to confess? Have I received what I need to receive? And have I really taken seriously the powerful act of what Jesus has done for me? Uh, so this is what Lent is really about. And traditionally, uh, Christians have done two things in Lent. And in recent years, uh, it's almost like one of the traditions has been lost and we've really elevated one of the others. So these two traditions typically of Lent is of giving something up and of taking something up. Uh, so the giving up something was about I'm going to choose to give up something to create a wilderness experience so that I have more time. Uh, to engage with God in prayer. So fasting is an example. Uh, many Christians will fast, say, let's say something like desserts. They decide they're not going to have a dessert at a meal. Uh, and the, the idea is that in that time, uh, you use it to pray. You don't just go off and do more watching of Netflix, but but you take it to actually pray and say, God, what do you want to say to me? So there's this season of, uh, of fasting and reflection, giving something up so that we can maybe make more time for God. And the other tradition is that you would take something up, that you would do something 
so that you become more generous. So one of the things that we've done as a church is we've said, look, give up coffee for Lent and every £2.60 you save from buying that cup of coffee, put it in a jam jar at the end of Lent, take that jam jar and give it to a charity or give it to a mission or a ministry or a group that you know that that, that generosity would really bless. It might be a family that you know. We created a fund at our church called the All Hallows, uh, Friends of All Hallows Fund, and um, everybody put in their jam jars worth. And we had hundreds of pounds that we could then use to buy uh, shoes uh, for school children that were going with trainers and needed real shoes or family who needed some double beds. There was a lady we met who needed a washing machine and we were able to uh, buy her and purchase her a washing machine, all because of, of this Lent generosity. So Lent really has these two traditions. And I guess in recent years, the fasting bit has declined. And I've heard many people say, particularly this year, I'm not giving anything up for Lent, but I'm just going to be more generous this year. Well, actually, that's only one part of the Lent experience. Uh, so neglecting and, and um, uh, giving something up is meant to be partnered with extra generosity. So that is roughly Lent. And it starts uh, right after uh, Pancake Day. And uh, the Ash Wednesday, you know, in my tradition, we have an ashing service where we put ash on our foreheads. And that's meant to be a way of just saying, God, I am nothing but ash. I'm nothing from the dust and I'll go to the dust. And everything in between is meant to be for your glory, Lord. Um, so that is Lent. It runs up 40 days up to Easter. But, but what do we do with it? So I, I want to just look at a passage as a way of really helping us engage with this. So we're going to look at Matthew 4, uh, 1 to 11. And it's just Jesus being tested in the wilderness. And I think there's four things for me here that we can draw out from this passage that can just really, really help us for, for Lent. So here we go. This is Matthew 4 verses 1 to 11. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, let these stones become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to a holy city, Jerusalem, and says to him, stand at the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, then he said, throw yourself off the temple, for it is written, uh, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you would not strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus answered him. It is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil came to him uh, a third time and took him to a high point of a mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all their splendor. All this I will give to you, he says, if you bow down and worship me. And Jesus says to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God, and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended to him. There's four things I want to draw out this passage. Firstly, just a, a little observation here that the devil comes to Jesus to present him with a good idea. It's a shortcut idea. Jesus knows that he wants to ultimately be the king of all of the kingdoms. Jesus knows ultimately he needs to be fed. So, so these Three times the evil one, the devil comes to Jesus. He's essentially tempting him with something that is sensible. It's a shortcut. It's a shortcut to get to where Jesus wants to be. But Jesus knows that the shortcut uh, is essentially um, 
sinful in itself. It's placing uh, himself above what is this bigger goal that the father is kind of setting for Satan. And the other thing I just notice is, I don't know if you've ever spotted this, but Jesus's ministry starts with three temptations. And it ends with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane being tempted three times, essentially by the disciples to just fall asleep. Just fall asleep, Jesus. Uh, don't worry, you know, we're just going to lay up against this tree on the Garden of Gethsemane. We're going to fall asleep. So there's these two threes that start at the beginning and the end of Jesus's ministry. And what do we know about the number three? Wherever we see the number three, we see an act of the, the resurrection of God. Something powerful is about to happen. So we've almost got these bookends of these three temptations at the beginning and the end of Jesus's life. So I want us to unlock the grace of Lent, essentially by looking at the four keys to Lent, which I want to draw out the passage. There's, there's four keys to Lent that I think is helpful for us. And each of these four keys starts with one of the letters from the word Lent. So L-E-N-T. Uh, L is let go. E is enter in. N is never give up. And T is time out. Now, they're not the most catchy, but it's just helpful as a bit of a framework uh, as we look through this passage. So let's just look at L-E-N-T for a moment uh, from this passage from Matthew. L, let go. Jesus uh, allowed himself to be led by the Spirit. The passage started with this beautiful line. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Jesus, I'm presuming, I'm presuming here that before Jesus was baptised by John, which is what happens just before this, I'm presuming that Jesus had a little plan in his head. I'm going to go and get baptised by John. And then I'll probably go to the supermarket and do the shopping. I might go and pick up my uh, sh uh, clothes from the dry cleaners. I'm going to go see my mates for lunch. I'm sure he had some plans. But what Jesus does here is he lets go and he allows the spirit to lead him into the wilderness for 40 days. Did Jesus plan to have those 40 days? I'm not sure that was what he was probably expecting in that it's the spirit that leads him into this place. I may be wrong on that. I may be reading that wrong, but I love how Jesus lets go and allows the spirit to take him on an adventure into the wilderness where there is temptation and there is trouble and there is struggle. But from this time, it launches a new uh, thing. So the, the number 40, whenever you see it in the Bible, and we're going to look at this in a, in, a, in a future podcast, but wherever you see the number 40, it's always a pivotal moment where something changes. Before it, this is what life looks like. Then this is pivotal 40-day moment or 40-year moment. And then post it, there's a new change. So what we see here is Jesus, pre uh, the, the 40 days, essentially he was a carpenter or he was a bricklayer. Uh, but he, he had a paid job. He then gets baptised. He has his 40 days in the wilderness and it turns as a pivotal moment uh, to a new moment of ministry in his life. So Jesus lets go and he allows the spirit of God to take him on this journey into a new season, era, time of his life where he was going to be more fruitful than we presume he had been before. We've not, we don't really hear much about Jesus pre this point. So post this point, he certainly looks like he's more fruitful. So by letting go, there's this pivotal moment and he becomes more fruitful. And letting go for us, you know, often it's things like chocolate, coffee, TV, can be your iPhone use. Uh, that all creates extra time to spend with God. And we'll talk about that in a, in a little minute. So often we are so busy 
uh, that we just run through life. But Jesus allows himself these 40 days to let go and it forces him to take time to put now in God's hands and allows God time to be, you know, now God is in control and time for God to speak. So L is for let go. E, enter in. Look, look at the passage. Jesus fully enters into the experience of the 40 days. We're told that after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus was hungry. Jesus has entered in fully to the wilderness experience. He fully steps into this process of allowing himself to be taken over by the wilderness. He doesn't eat and he does this for 40 days and, and 40 nights. So what's really interesting for me is the temptation doesn't come uh, during the, the 40 days. Sometimes I forget and think that Jesus was tempted during the 40 days. That isn't what the passage says. It says that Jesus, after fasting for 40 days and nights, then he was tempted. It was at the worst possible moment the temptation came. So Jesus fully enters into this experience. And then at the end of the 40 days experience, that's when the big temptation comes. And it's, I don't think it's that that's the only temptation. I'm sure there was temptations during the 40 days as well. Temptations. I'm sure Jesus had thought about, do you know what? There's nobody here. If I turn this stone to bread, nobody's going to actually know. And I could actually tell them I've been fasting and, and I haven't. But he doesn't do that. He fully enters in. Not only do we give up something during Lent, but we, we take up something. Lent is both a season of, of abstinence, but it's also a season of generosity. The two going hand in hand. And Lent allows us to fully enter into the spirit of generosity, you know, saving that money you would have spent so that you can you can give it away. Um, what I would say is for us, if the spirit leads us, uh, during Lent into this season of abstinence and we let go and we fully enter into it, then in this entering in, uh, we, we fully enter into what God really has in this. And in this full entering in, we can fully enter into the generosity uh, of this, this season too. So let go, enter in. So N, never give up. Jesus never gave up during this, this Lent season, does he? If you look at the, the passage that Jesus goes through, at any point he could have said, enough's enough, I'm, I'm out of here. Anytime during those 40 days, he could have said, enough's enough, I'm going to go back to, to Galilee and I'm going to go get myself a Nazareth burger and I'm, I'm done. But he doesn't. He is fully entered in. Therefore, he, he keeps on going. He never gives up. Now, what I would say about this never giving up is the challenge for us in Lent is to go for the full season of Lent by abstaining from something, letting something go so that we can be generous and have more time for prayer. And we do loads of work at our church with those in recovery coming through active addiction. One of the things we know about uh, recovery is that the the moment you trip up and fall down and you fail can actually become your greatest failure or your greatest success. So expect to struggle 
and expect a thing that you've let go of to be a heavy burden. And it may well be that you find yourself going and doing the very thing you do not want to do. But the challenge is, I would say discipleship is more like a spiral than it is a straight line. It's a spiral in the sense that as you go on a journey like Lent, you will always come back to those moments where the craving is there and you think, why am I back at this craving again? Why is it that I'm in this place where this this substance this coffee, this chocolate, this sugar, this cake, whatever it is for you that you, you, you give up. I'm back at this place where it's dark. I can't get it out of my mind. I can't get it out of my thoughts. I can't stop thinking about it. I can't stop looking at it. And we end up failing. Uh, and, and we end up eating that piece of cake that we don't want to eat. And the moment you've eaten it, you go, why did I do that? I didn't want to do that. That wasn't what I wanted to do in this season. And then we laid guilt on ourselves and we can find ourselves going, well, I've had one piece of cake, so why don't I have the whole cake? What's the point? I can't do it. But actually the never giving up is saying, do you know, even if you trip up, I'm going to get back up and I'm going to carry on this journey and I'm going to keep pressing ahead. Actually failing in Lent from my perspective, has often been been the most beautiful moment where I've had to come back to God and say, God, I can't even blooming give up this thing without failing. Father, I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for his death. I thank you that he loves me anyway. And because I recognise that there's grace to be given, I'm going to get back on and carry on again and and, and give this another go. I'm going to give this next two weeks uh, another go. So never give up. Uh, Jesus never gave up and he and he carried on. These 40 days is a period of time to keep going, um, even when we, we're struggling and we, and we fail. If we fail midway through, we pick ourselves back up and we're invited to keep going again and, and keeping on going again. Never, um, never ladling ourselves with such guilt that we completely stop doing what we were doing. Often I say to somebody who's in recovery when they've failed is, uh, when you failed this time, did you fail for a shorter period of time? Last time you relapsed with that substance, you relapsed for two weeks or two months or two years. Are you Have you relapsed better and quicker this time? Did you bring people around you faster? Did you deal with it in a way that was more beautiful than you did last time? So never give up, even when you fail, and use it as a way to grow and trust in Jesus more. So Lent, let go, E, enter in, N, never give up, and then T, time out. Jesus fasted and prayed for 40 days and 40 nights. He took this significant chunk of time to fast. And, and you know, it was led by the Spirit, but Jesus knew that 40 days was about a pivotal moment. He knew that there was a transition happening in his life. And in reality, Lent can be a transitional moment for every single one of us every year. A moment where we deepen our faith, where we understand ourselves more and we trust more in Jesus. So time out is about taking significant chunks of time, uh, either an hour or half a day, uh, to retreat and to reflect on God and saying, God, I want to stop rushing and I want to go slower through this process and I want to take more time with you than I have done before because I want to know my sin and I want to know myself and I want to know my 
my shortcomings and I want to know my failures and my character defects and I want to confess it to become more like you, Lord. So what I would say is, could you do something like daily taking a short time to breathe with God? Every morning, a short time just to sit quietly and breathe with God, listen to God and say, is there something you want to say to me today? And Lord, I recognise that I have fallen short in my actions, but I come back to you. Daily, just having a breathing moment. And then weekly, during Lent, could you block out just a longer chunk of time uh, to reflect on God and reflect on his words and reflect on what he might want to say to you? Now, for some, you might be able to pull in an hour. Some of us, it might be pulling in maybe half a day. Uh, or something like that, but weekly, making sure that you have a chunk of time to listen to God and reflect on his words. So that's daily, weekly, and then monthly. Um, Could you, during the 40-day season of Lent, take some time to really retreat, to really get away? Is there a place that you could go where it's just you, and you spend some time quiet, listening to God, reading your Bible, enjoying creation. Now, for some of us, you might be able to take a day. So last year, uh, I joined up with a friend of mine and we did this thing where we walked from my house to his. Uh, I live in central London. He lives right out by the the M25. And the Thames uh, goes all the way past my house, all the way past the Thames barrier, all the way out near his. So we said, look, could we take a day to walk together uh, from my house to his? And the idea was we would take a period of time where we would be silent when we were walking, a period of time where we would chat to each other and just talk about life, a period of time to pray together and eat lunch together, and a period of time we're just talking about what God's doing in our lives, what the struggles are, what the tensions are, how we are doing. And it was just a day's walk with his friend. It was absolutely beautiful. You could do that by going to a retreat house. You could do that by saying to your church leader, could I sit in one of the back rooms of the church? It could be that you pitch a tent in your garden and you sit in it uh, for the for the day. You know, there's lots of creative ways that you could take a day that doesn't cost you much money. It may be that you decide to go sit in the local cathedral. It might be that you decide to go and sit in the local coffee shop. But is there a way of you taking a significant chunk of time to just weigh up What is happening in your life? All those character defects. So as you approach Good Friday, you can allow it to fully hit you rather than uh, getting there and not really having the time to work out for yourself what does it mean that Christ Jesus, he died for you. Lent is this beautiful season of allowing ourselves to take stock. So often we rush through life that we never actually look at ourselves and say, where am I falling short? So can you use the four keys of Lent? The key of letting go, the key of entering in, the key of never giving up, and the key of taking some time out uh, to fast maybe and to pray and to spend some time in God with God in, in prayer. So friends, welcome to Lent, uh, a great season. Uh, I want to encourage you to do the two traditions, the tradition of, of, of giving up something, making space, and the tradition of being generous and doing both of these things, not just one of these things. If you want to take up something that you've not done yet, I'd love go Google 40 Acts. It's a great way of every day receiving an email some stewardship. They send you an email giving you a challenge each day uh, to live out your generosity. 
Uh, but to partner that with, with giving something up hand in hand, uh, fasting and generosity is what this season is ultimately about. So we encourage you to maybe go to the 40 Acts and sign up to receive their emails. Encourage you to take some time to uh, withhold something so you've got time to be with God. And I'd love to hear how you get on. You know, I'd love to hear at the end of Lent your experiences of Lent. What did you encounter during in Lent? And what did you realise about yourself during Lent? So friends, I, f- I hope you find that really helpful, uh, this Lenten podcast as we start on this, this season of Lent. Uh, love to encourage you to listen to some of the podcasts that have gone out in the last uh, couple of weeks. Ruth Valerio has published that this great Lent book, uh, helping us think about creation and creation care during Lent. Do do go and do that. Kathy Madavan, last week's podcast, fantastic book that could be read uh, during Lent. And uh, so, friends, I hope you find that really helpful. So, until next time, grace and peace.